This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. The summer before my freshman year in college, I worked for my summer job in the Ledgertown Road Crew. And Ledgertown Road Crew was, of course, the people that took care of the roads. I did this with a a buddy of mine named Joe Vaccaro, who I had known since I was in seventh grade. And and Joe and I went into our new job uh, for the summer work for the road crew crew completely not having a clue what we were actually going to experience. And... uh, we worked for a, uh, a a supervisor leader, and his name was Porky. I, I don't remember his last name. Uh, just remember that his name was Porky, and it was more of a Porky, you know, because we were from New England. And and Porky, Porky sweated more than any human being I had ever seen or met in my entire life up to that point, and since that point, nobody sweated more than Porky, and. When I told this story to my wife, she goes, oh, well, I'm sure that he had really, really, really good skin because I guess I just learned that if you sweat a lot, you have really soft skin or you have really great skin. Um, That wasn't the reason that Porky uh, sweated a lot. Porky sweated a lot because he said that he drank a case of beer every single night. And then, of course, he would sweat the beer out the next day on the road crew. And I don't know anybody else that drinks a case of beer a night. I don't even know whether it's possible to drink a case of beer a night, but Porky supposedly drank a case of beer a night uh, every night and, of course, would sweat it out. And so so from we started, I think, at 7 a.m. in the morning. And, and when we saw Porky at 7 a.m. in the morning, he was already sweating. And, of course, we did all sorts of different things uh, on the road. We, 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 we tarred roads and we um, cleaned out drains and we knocked down trees and cleaned up messes on the road. So, of course, it was summer. So <clears throat> by 1030, he was sweating by by noon. I mean, he looked like he'd just gotten out of the pool. And then, of course, he smelled by the end of the day as well. And uh, so why the story about Porky? Well, every day Porky would sit us down before our session would start, and he would tell us what, how, when, why, and where we were going to be on that particular day. He would tell us what we were going to do. Uh, you're going to, we're going to uh, pave roads. We're going to lay asphalt. We're going to clean out brush. Uh, he would tell us how we were going to do it. Uh, one of the things we used to do is is we would work with these sand trucks, which were the ones, the sweepers. And so obviously one person was driving the truck, the other person, which usually got to be me, got to walk out in front of the truck. So all day long, I'd just walk out in front of the truck and kick rocks to the side of the road. Or I was told that we were going to, um, we were going to tar and maybe I could flag, which means I didn't have to actually shovel the asphalt. I could actually stand in front of the truck you know, are in front of the roads and just wave people down with a with a flag. That was one of my favorite one of my favorite jobs. 
he would tell us when uh, we were going to eat our lunch and when we were going to take a break and if we were going to shift from one subject to the other. Uh, he would also tell us why. Uh, why usually ended up being, hey, there was just recently a storm or something, you know, there was huge potholes on Shuville Road or Cowtown Road or Christie Hill Road. And then, of course, he would tell us where we were going to do it and um, uh, which part of town we're going to be working in in the morning or in the afternoon or that particular week or whatever it was. You know, when you hear the how, wet, wet, how when, what, why, where, there's usually a, a, a sixth one, which is the who. And he would, of course, talk to us about who as well, in the sense that who we were going to work with. So I thought today that what we would do is we would go back to the very basics, which was coaching one-on-one, and look at the what, how, when, why, and where. Not going to cover the who, because the who is us, and the who is the folks that, that work with us. So coaching 101, you can really break it down into these categories. So let's start out with the what. What do your reps do? Remember, this is coaching 101, so this is basic. So they're going to answer, they're going to listen, they're going to speak, they're going to come to some sort of a conclusion with the customer, and then they're going to do it again. But you can't even get to the what unless they're in their seats. And we're going to cover that again in the when, but I don't want to lose sight of the fact that they need to be in their seats and in a position to answer their phone. So coaching one-on-one starts with, I got to have somebody to coach. So I can't leave the what until we make sure that they're in their seats. Well, then they're going to answer the phone, which means that they're going to need to have an encouraging, inspiring, consistent greeting. They're then going to have to listen because we want to listen first before we speak. So all the listening skills come into play. They're going to speak, which means they need to know what they're going to say. They need to do it professionally. They need to do it at a speed and pace that the customer can accept and clearly. And they need to have clear job knowledge because without job knowledge, they're not going to be able to communicate what it is they're going to do. Uh, they need to come to some sort of a conclusion because they can't talk, talk forever. We are not going to say to them, listen, just take one call today and make it beautiful. Not going to happen. And then they need to do it again, which means they need to, uh, to uh, move their way through their after call work and get it done again the next time. So what they're going to do is very simple. And in coaching 101, you can take a look at every single one of your reps right now and just go through them and, and say where are their strengths and where are their weaknesses. Is it an answering issue and the fact that they're not getting into their seats on time? Is it a listening issue? Is it a speaking issue in their job knowledge or their tone or their ability to, to get through it? Can they get through the phone call? Are they a literally overly long-winded? And what's their motivational level life to make sure that they're, they've got enough energy to keep doing it over and over and over again? The other thing I don't want to lose sight of in the, in the what to do, and we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit in the when, but their responsibilities go farther than just answering and listening and talking. They've got other responsibilities they have to do. I don't want you to lose sight of these, which are, are things like engagement and, and, and reading news flashes and doing the training they're supposed to do and engaging with the organization, doing their pulse checks and checking their data and being prepared for the one-on-ones that you have with them so that they're responsible for the things they need to do. But in general, the what is pretty simple. But it is a way that you can evaluate and take a look at each one of your folks and see how well they're doing the what. The how is 
what they actually do. And of course, they've been taught the how in their training. They're taught the how in their ongoing uh, training that they have and in the different ways they've learned to do their job. But but the how that I'm talking about for you in Coaching 101 is, is how you can show them and how you can model the things that they need to do in your day-to-day interactions with them. So some examples. You can model for them how they should greet with energy. I've told you this over and over and over ago. When you answer the phone, you should answer the phone exactly the way they do, even though it's a supervisor call, even though you know who they are and what they're going to be. But when you answer and, and use an, a greeting that's energetic, the same one that they do, you model it. We can model the call control skills when we're talking to them, whether it's a one-on-one or we're just talking to them about uh, what they're getting at the at the drink machine or what happened in last night's uh, football game. We can acknowledge and we can use the skills that we need to do to acknowledge what they've said, to reinforce it, to repeat it back to them. When you do that and model that in your everyday conversation with them, you're showing them the skills that they need to be successful. We can model listening skills with them. Now, of course, if you're if you're if you're talking to them and you're seeing them, then you can give them visual cues and not be looking at your phone or not looking away. You can actually look directly at them and show them that you're listening to them, that you're actively listening to them. And then, of course, you can use verbal cues if you're on the phone with them to show them and recognize that you're listening or repeat back what they've just said or summarize what they've just said. And of course, you also can model moving between, weaving between the business and the personal, which means that you can actually weave through a business conversation by weaving over to the personal and then acknowledging the personal and then weaving your way back to business, which again allows us to build the kind of call control and the relational connectivity that our reps need to know. And then finally, in this area of showing them, we can model our knowledge. Model our knowledge first because I'm sure you're in the escalation path where they call you and ask you for answers. And of course, we're looking to make sure that if they don't know something once, they definitely know it the second times. So in encouraging them, uh, always encourage uh, leads or supervisors to have a, a, a bin of um, knowledge questions and walk up to a rep, let them pull one out and you pull one out. They get to ask you a question and see how well you do with knowledge and you get to ask them one. It's a way to constantly be updating and making sure that you're connecting with them on the on the knowledge category. And that's how we that's how we do the how, which is, is that we show them and we model along with, of course, all the things that they've already learned from training. So that's the what, that's the how. Next up is the when. When is all about time. And and if they're early, they're on time. If they're on time, they're late. And if they're late, they're history. Contact centers are all about the when. They're all about time. And there's nothing bigger that you can communicate to them or coach them on is the time. And making sure that they understand what the rules are associated with adherence and attendance and meetings and training and and this is where this is where your enforcement and encouragement and focus on the when is critical because coaching them on the when which means making sure they're in their seat on time making sure that they get to work on time making sure that they get to meetings on time or training on time 
or anything associated with being where they're supposed to be, the time they're supposed to be, will make them successful and you successful. And it is the one area that if you're the kind of person that you're a rule person, you can get a little overly crazy in this particular area and you become the coaching monster because you're running it like a like a sergeant or a lieutenant in the armed services where you're barking out orders constantly trying to make sure and you, and, and you become a, a, a time police. And you know what? You are a time police, but you're going to have to be an encouraging time police. So the when in most businesses doesn't matter and in most jobs doesn't matter because if you're an accountant or you're in marketing, when doesn't necessarily matter unless you're trying to hit some sort of a target or hit some sort of a date. But the when in a contact center is critical. And it's, it's, it's something that you need, to be, um, you need to be constantly working with them on. I, 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 I sometimes look at the when a little bit like teaching manners to a kid. If you've ever seen an ill-mannered adult or even an ill-mannered teenager or an ill-mannered kid, it's because their parents didn't spend any time teaching them any manners. If you're a kid that had a parent that, that, that spent some time on manners, you remember just being inundated with say please, say thank you if you're, uh, if you're blessed to be a parent now and being a parent is a blessing, then you're spending a lot of time reinforcing to your kids saying please and thank you, which means something that you're just doing over and over and over again. The time being on time in whatever the category is, is something that will never stop. And in coaching one-on-one, the when is something that you need to master and you need to be able to communicate. If you're somebody that's pretty that does pretty well with 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 being tough, then then go for it. Just don't be too tough. But if this is an area that that you you struggle with a little bit because you just you just don't like to be abrasive, you don't like to be confrontational. You're going to have to learn to embrace that, not confrontational, obnoxious, but confrontational in the sense that it's your responsibility to make sure that you coach the when. Next up is the why. And why was completely wrapped around encouragement. And the why can't start unless we understand the personal components of the people that work for us. We need to understand their why. You should understand why they work at your organization. And at its core, why they work there, maybe they're supporting their family, maybe this is, is proximity, maybe they like working at home so because they're, they're taking care of family or for some other reasons why the home is the best work environment for them. But whatever the reason is, it's really important for you to understand why they're, why they're working there. And so then you can use that why to help encourage them. And because encouragement is personal. One person's encouragement is completely different from someone else, and you've heard me give the example of the fact that if someone's more of an introvert, communicating to them and telling everybody, hey, this person did really great is, is not something they want to do. They'd rather be told on the side. On the other hand, if they're an extrovert and they're more of a look-at-me kind of a person, then when somebody does something well, you want to celebrate it with everybody else because that's the way that they're motivated and that's the way that they're encouraged. And so encouragement is something that that is personal. Encouragement is also something that's situational and, again, requires you to understand what's going on with your employee because if your employee is going through some sort of a crisis, whether it be a, you know, a, a, a marriage that's at issue or a, a child's health or parental health or financial circumstances or legal circumstances, whatever it is, situational encouragement and how you encourage that person at that particular time is something that you're going to have to adjust to. And you can't adjust to it if you don't understand their why. Your why, of course, is to help them be the very best that they can be in the job that they're in. But as I've told you repeatedly, employees are looking for three things. They're looking for a very clear 
job description of what it is they do and how they get paid. The second thing is they want the tools and skills necessary that they can do it well. And third and probably most important, they're looking for a manager or leader that has their best interests in mind. This encouragement category is something that you can't have their best interests in mind to encourage them unless you understand them and know them and know that piece. So coaching 101 is getting to understand and recognize the why in your employee. We're encouraging consistently Encouragement is something that you have to be consistent about. If it's not something that you're very comfortable with, it's something that you need to learn how to be comfortable with. And and it, it's it's constant. Encouragement never stops. It's constant in good times and bad times. We sandwich. We find something encouraging to talk about. It, it, it's almost like a cheerleader. Have you ever seen a cheerleader? When my daughter was younger as a cheerleader, she used to she used to she used to do these cheers, and she'd have this painful look on her face when I would watch her practice, and could never understand it because it just looked fake. But then when I recognized that when she was performing and she was, you know, 25, 30 yards away, she just looked like she was smiling. But they were trying to communicate a, a point of that. So don't ever forget that encouragement also comes with redirection, right? Which is that we can be happy, bappy, and encouraging, but sometimes our, our encouragement has to be redirection, which means they're doing something wrong. And we need to redirect them and encourage them to change their ways. And so they can begin to do it correctly. And if they're doing something poorly, we need to redirect them, uh, reemphasize, and encourage as well. And that's the why. Finally up is the where. The where is now threefold. The where used to be at home and at work. And now potentially for your organization, you might be entering a new season, which is the both, which is where people are doing some work at home, but they're also coming into the office and they're working there as well. If it's at home, the where is all about uh, a long distance relationship in the sense that, that they're at home Maybe you're at home or you're at work, but but the relationship is long distance, which means that it requires extra time and extra focus and extra planning because it requires you to make up for the fact that you don't get to see someone. And so it requires that you be far more intentional about your communication, far more prepared when you talk to someone, and far more skillful in making sure that you can weave between the business and the personal. Because of the fact that you don't see them all the time because it's a, a phone or a chat or, or maybe even a, a, a web conversation that you're having or FaceTime, we have to make sure that we weave between the business and the personal to make sure that we're covering all the different areas so we can do all the other whys and the whens and the hows and the whats. You can't do that unless, unless we know those things. So you must be far more intentional about the time and effort that you put in. I think it takes twice as much communication with someone that's at home than it does with someone at work. You need to be intentional in the sense that be far more planning and not that planning is bad when you're one-on-one, but but if I communicate something to you and I'm in front of you and then I, I forget it, I could just walk back and ask you again. It's a lot tougher to get back to somebody on the phone or on a web to, or a chat to connect with them, up with them and get that answer. So we're going to be, we're going to spend more time. We're going to be more intentional about it and we're going to be more organized about it in the well in the sense that we're, we're going to keep better notes and keep better structure because it's just a little bit harder to do when when you're at home. If it's in work, we're going to we're going to continue to do all the basics that we do, but we're going to look at work in the opposite way, which means we're going to be very very aware of the two little components of it. And that is because we're at work, there's a whole different set of of experiences that your frontline rep may be having. They may be thinking my manager passes me all the time and doesn't say anything. Are they, are they mad at me? Are they, are they angry at me? Is there something that I haven't done? Is there something that they need to tell me? So try to be consistent in the time that you spend and, and your efforts as you communicate and walk through the rows. 
The second thing you have to be aware of is, is them thinking, you know what, they always talk to Susie, but not to me. Uh, Susie's their favorite. Or the fact that you're going to be connected to some people and not for others. So because people can watch you, they can see what you do. It's the same when we're trying to communicate time. If you tell your employees that you have a meeting at 10 and you show up at that, you know, and your meetings with your management and you show up at 10.05, not good. You running to make a meeting at 10 shows that you're you're consistent and you're focused on time. If you're going to have a meeting with them at 10, make sure that meeting's at 10. I also encourage you to even consider having meetings at 10.02, 10.03 because you can model but you can also um, you can model the fact that you're you're caring about time. So beware of the fact that they're seeing what you're doing, and that if you're entering into a season or you're already into a season where you're doing both, beware of the fact that that again creates this new circumstance in the sense that you're not going to have people that either either hate being at home or hate being at work. You're probably going to get more complaints about commuting because they don't really like coming in. The business relationship component is going to change. It obviously changes and something you need to be aware of with people that are at home, but it's also going to change because now when they do come into work, there may be more strangers in the building because they don't see them as often or maybe based on shifts, they're seeing people very rarely. So part of the camaraderie that you're trying to create doesn't occur because they're not seeing the same people on a regular basis. And then when they're in the office, there's going to be a lot more pressure to get things done which of course will have a lot to do with how well and how good you are at doing things remotely. Don't get into a circumstance where you never talk to them remotely and you wait till you only see them when they're in the office. You need to do it both places. So there's the where. We've talked about the why. We've talked about the when. We've talked about the how. We've talked about the what. And of course, the who is you. So there's a podcast on Coaching 101. They are the basics Take a look at each one of your employees in these categories and take a look at yourself and see some areas where you need to work. And I promise you that if you're coaching them on the what, the how, the when, the why, or the where, odds are pretty good that you're not sweating as much as Porky, and that's a good thing. So listen, I hope you have a great week this week. I look forward to talking to you next week. Remember, you can be a spectacular leader. It simply requires you making a commitment and doing it. So as they say in Nike, just do it. Look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach.